0: Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading,
1: The Seven Ravens!
0: So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a
1: Grim Reading!
0: was once a man who had seven sons, and still he had no daughter, however much he wished for one. At length, his wife again gave him hope of a child, and when it came into the world, it was a girl! Yay! Woo! The joy was great, but the child was sickly and small, and had to be privately baptised on account of its weakness.
1: Why? She's <laughs> not up about to about it? That. I, have... I don't know. Oh man,
0: you've already <laughs> unravelled the story.
1: <laughs> no, she's had a private... Private baptising. Okay.
0: The father sent one of the boys in haste to the spring to fetch water for the baptism. But the other six went with him, and as each of them wanted to be first to fill it, the jug fell
1: into the well. Good job, guys. You (laughs) had one job.
0: There they stood and did not know what to do, Mm. and none of them dared to go home. As they still did not return, the father grew impatient and (laughs) said, Oh, they have certainly forgotten it for some game, the wicked boys. He became afraid that the girl would have to die without being baptised. What? And in his anger, because she's young and sickly. Oh, I see.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And in his anger, cried, I wish the boys were all turned
1: into ravens! Uh Uh-oh. Be careful Uh what you wish for, Dad.
0: Hardly was the word spoken before he heard a whirring of wings over his head in the air, looked up, and saw seven coal-black ravens flying away. The parents could not recall the curse, And however sad they were at the loss of their seven sons, they still, to some extent, comforted themselves with their dear little daughter. (laughs) I (laughs)
1: mean, it's not quite
0: the same, but, you know. Who soon, this is going to surprise you, who soon grew strong and every day became more beautiful.
1: What, hang on a second. What brought this
0: on? For a long time, she did not know that she had had brothers, for her parents were careful not to mention them before her. Mm -hmm. But one day, she accidentally heard some people saying of herself... Oh, that girl was certainly beautiful. But uh, in reality, she's to blame for the misfortune which had befallen her seven brothers. Oh, no. She's overheard this. This is awful. Then she was much troubled and went to her father and mother and asked if it was true that she had had brothers and what had become of them. The parents, now dead, keep the secret no longer, but said that what had befallen her brothers was the will of heaven and that her birth was not to blame. Oh, that's nice. But the maiden took it to heart daily and thought that she must save her brothers. She had no rest or peace, until she secretly set out, and went forth into the wide world, to find her brothers and set them free, let it cost what it might.
1: And what's her plan here? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm heading out, mum and Imagine dad. Imagine just going out into the world, to find seven particular ravens. <laughs> Even if you do find them, what's she going to do? What's she going to do? I-, I, guess, I guess that's the I story. I think we are going to find <laughs> out. But... The mind boggles.
0: Right, so she's heading out. Uh-huh. And she took nothing with her, but a little ring which belonged to her parents as a keepsake, a loaf of bread against hunger, yeah. a little pitcher of water against thirst, and yeah. uh, a little chair as a provision against weariness.
1: Oh, she's, she's carrying around a little chair. <laughs> like a little fold-up chair. <laughs> oh, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smart.
0: And now she went continually onwards, far, far, to the very end of the world.
1: Well, excuse me. What?
0: Then she came to the sun, but it was too hot and terrible and devoured little children. (laughs) Hastily, she ran away and ran to the moon. (laughs) You turn back to the moon for me. But it was far too cold and also awful and malicious. When it saw the child, it said, I smell, I smell the flesh of men. (laughs) The moon said this?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) At this, she ran swiftly away and came to the stars, which were kind and good to her. Each of them sat on its own particular little chair.
1: Oh, that's nice. The stars sitting on chairs.
0: The morning star arose and gave her the drumstick of a chicken and said... (laughs)
1: Sorry, and said. So are you still reading? <laughs> the I am. Yeah. The same. I'm reading a brother's Grinch stories, you Adam. <laughs> and she's has be- The morning star has <laughs> gl- woken up, sat on his chair, and given a little girl a chicken drumstick. Why d- am I dreaming? If you
0: have not that drumstick, <laughs> said the morning star, you cannot open the glass mountain. And in the glass mountain are your brothers.
1: <laughs> are you okay? Maybe I'm not actually reading <laughs> this story. Maybe I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> You're tripping. What?
0: Right. Do you not want to know what happened? So she's been to the end of the world, met the sun, the moon, the stars, and got a little chicken drumstick.
1: Yeah, and now they said, if you want your brothers, yeah, I need to take you to the glass mountain.
0: That's it. The maiden took the drumstick, wrapped it carefully in a cloth, and went onwards again until she came to the glass mountain. <laughs> the door was shut, and she thought she would take out the drumstick. And when she undid the cloth, it was empty, and she had lost the good star's present. What was she to do now? <laughs> yeah, I needed that. You know, she wished to rescue her brothers, but she had no, no key to the glass mountain. <laughs> so, oh, the drumstick was the key? It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. The good sister took a knife, cut off one of her little fingers, what? put it in the door, and succeeded in opening it.
1: Why did she have to cut it off? <laughs> Why not just stick it in the door and then it out again? If your finger unlocks the door... I'm so steeped in the brother's grin, I didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> <laughs> what is she doing?
0: When she had gone inside... She's in. She's in the glass okay, mountain. She's in. Minus a finger.
1: Dun, 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 dun. Okay,
0: she's in. When she'd gone inside, a little dwarf came to meet her, who said, "'My child, what are you looking for?' "'I'm uh, looking for my brothers, the seven ravens,' she replied. The dwarf said, "'The Lord Ravens are not at home.' But if you will wait here until they come, step in. Thereupon, the little dwarf carried the raven's dinner in on seven little plates and in seven little glasses. And the little sister ate a morsel from each plate, and from each glass she took a little sip. But in the last little glass, she dropped the ring which she had brought away with her. Do you remember her parents' ring? I do. She's sending a message. Suddenly, she heard a whirring of wings and a rushing through the air. And then the little dwarf said... Now the Lord Ravens are flying home. Then they came and wanted to eat and drink and looked for their little plates and glasses.
1: Are they space ravens? No, why? Isn't she in space?
0: Yeah, you're right. It is taking place in outer space. In my head, it's taking place in outer space. Fair enough. Space ravens. Space ravens. (laughs)
1: Okay.
0: Uh, But not for long. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) One raven said after the other.
1: Ah! Who has eaten something from my plate? <laughs> who has drunk out of my little glass? It
0: was a human mouth. Oh, they noticed. And when the seventh came to the bottom of the glass, the ring rolled against, his mouth. <laughs> then, against then, his mouth. Then he looked at it and saw it was the ring belonging to his father and mother and said, "Ah, God grant that our sister may be here. Ah, Then we shall be free. Yay. When the maiden, who was standing behind the door watching, heard that wish, she came forth. And at this, all the ravens were restored to their human form again. What? And they embraced and kissed each other and went joyfully home. The end. The end. (laughs)
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. That was the seven ravens. Do Do you remember Mr. Corpse and what you said in Mr. Corpse? Yeah, I do. You said,
0: "Yeah,
1: this is the most mm. crazy story yeah. we've heard." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you prepared to rescind that in light of what I've just heard, Your Honor? Yes, I
0: rescind <laughs> my <laughs> previous statements, partially in light of what we've just heard, but also. Uh, Actually, on your recommendation, Adam, I re-listened to Thumbling's Journeyman. Right. What is that about? That's nuts. That's crazy. That is crazy. So, I definitely rescind, Mister Corbs. It's up there, but it's not. It's definitely not. It's
1: not the. And I'd say this might be. Yeah. What? It's brilliant, isn't it? Because it's, it's sort of trundling along. <laughs> yeah. At a at a weird but yeah. Not totally unexpected fairy yeah. tale way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes out. <laughs> right. Okay. So far, so relatively normal. Yeah. She walks so far she gets to the sun. Yeah. And then it... G-
0: That's when it goes mad. Yes. But I love that she goes to the... Like, she doesn't just go to a forest somewhere. She goes on a journey. She goes into space. She goes into space
1: and meets the sun. <laughs> and then the moon, who's nasty. Yeah. Really nasty. Yeah. And then she hangs out with, not a star, but all the stars, who all sit on chairs. Yeah. And she's taking her chair, so she's fine. Yeah, yeah, I was lucky. So she's out there with the stars, they're all sat around on their chairs. And the morning star gets up like, morning, oh, hello, Uh, have a chicken drumstick. (laughs) By the way, this unlocks the glass mountain if you want to get your brothers back. Who are ravens currently. So a, a, a clear message maybe
0: there is, it's all about this parent's stupid wish. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Yes. Which you literally said right at the beginning as that happened. Yeah. That's kind of the
1: message, maybe. What yeah. do you think? I think so, because before lines. you know it, yeah. your daughter's going to be given a chicken drumstick by the morning star. I think I looked up to see if in
0: German it was a chicken drumstick, and I, th- I think it was. I can't remember. <laughs> I didn't make a note. I think it's like you know the bone of a chicken. Yeah. So it's it's, it's always th- been that. It's not. It's
1: always. P- it's not just some weird yeah. translator going a bit nuts.
0: I don't think we're going to be able to make head or tail of that chicken drumstick. And
1: but it unlocks the door to the glass mountain. Yeah. But she lost it. So what's basically your chicken drumstick? One of your fingers. Yeah. What's that all about? It's and really weird. You're
0: so right. Like it. D- yeah. It didn't cross my mind. Just put your finger in. Yeah. And turn it. Yeah. You don't have to cut it off Not and pick it. it up with your other hand. Crazy talk. Yeah. I guess because it'd be like she hasn't gone through enough suffering to like win back her brothers. Right. Let's so just, just make a cut
1: her, her finger off. Cut her
0: finger off. I mean that story literally could just be, some brothers left, yeah. and then go get your brothers, and she, she walks, walks quite a, far and then brings so, them back. Yeah,
1: do, you, do you, have you ever, like, lost track of time so much, like you're you're deep in thought while you're walking that you accidentally walk into space? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, me neither. Not yet. <laughs>
0: so yeah, so so it's like it's a fantastical story about a, a young sibling who rescues her other siblings, right? And that's nice. That's a nice. That's lovely. Yeah. And it made me think about how parents are always rubbish in these stories, right?
1: Yeah. Hansel and Gretel.
0: The Simpleton saga. Yeah. Thumbling. Yeah. Wishing table, gold ass, cudgel sack. Awful father. Don't get me started on Millers. Oh, don't even (sighs) go there.
1: Don't go there.
0: So, like, that's quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, in this one, some parents turn seven boys into ravens and make her their daughter cut off her own finger because of their stupidity. Yeah.
1: There's a direct causation there so there's like
0: yeah they're always a little bit bad in these stories parents mm. or at least naive or they underestimate the kids or they mess up and the kids have to like fix it right Yeah. and maybe like as these stories are you know in, on some level for kids it's kind of like you know it's just fun for kids to be the heroes that's true but also like sort of showing that parents aren't perfect as well and that kind of you know psychological there is way. that
1: sort of thread to a lot of kids stories that theme of like Adults as imperfect, often idiots. Kids as smarter than you give them credit for. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kids doing it for themselves. Yeah. And the parents being a bit
0: naff. Yeah, being a yeah. bit rubbish. Glass Mountain. Yeah. That's pretty interesting.
1: What is a Glass m- Hang on. Could she see them? <laughs> Inside? Or did, I guess they went for like frosted glass, you know, privacy and that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a glass,
0: yeah, glass mountain. Okay, what have you got for me on the glass mountain <laughs> I got you some stuff, Adam. Excellent. Because, you know, I, I'm conscious I haven't been able to answer a lot of your questions <laughs> for the <laughs> last few episodes. I've noticed, yeah. So, uh, in German, Glasberg. Glassberg. There's a fair few references to glass mountains in the Brothers Grimm
1: stories. Okay. It's not just this one. Not so far in the ones we've read. Not so it. far.
0: We've got a long way to go, wow. sir. Wow. There's a story in Volume 2. Okay. Uh, we're just reading Volume 1. Yeah, um, so
1: Volume 2 is like future, future Grim reading. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's a story in Volume 2 which features a glass mountain and a cooked chicken okay. called Old Rink Rank. <laughs> what? That's it's the, Old Rink Rank? That's the name of the story. Is this a
1: prequel? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'll
0: have to wait and see in several years' time. <laughs> this is going to blow your mind. There's a glass mountain... In Snow White
1: <gasps> What?
0: For real And there's also a glass mountain is briefly mentioned in a, in another uh, story in Volume 2 Called The Iron Stove So the next time we're going to come across a glass mountain Is Snow White wow. Which is in Volume 1 It's also the name of a Polish fairy tale Called The Kay. Glass Mountain Okay. As well as a popular name for several mountains And mountain ranges in the USA There's lots of mountains it, Lots of glass mountains Yeah, weird In Arthurian legend Uh-huh Avalon, the mythical island, you know Avalon, right? I've heard
1: of Avalon. Yeah,
0: it's the mythical island where all the stuff goes down. Okay. It's also known as the Island of Glass. So it's not a Glass Mountain, but an island of glass. Interestingly, the Brothers Grimm, in their notes on the story, mention the connection to Arthur and Avalon. The Brothers also, I'm very, um, I'd like to thank the Brothers Grimm for this. (laughs) Cheers, guys. They they mention vitrified forts in Scotland.
1: What's a vitrified fort? It's
0: a literal glass mountain. So uh, vitrified forts are ancient forts that are rocks that are fused together through vitrification, which is how glass is made. So they have a glassy shine to them. Okay. You find them in the highlands of Scotland, but they're also in Sweden and other countries as well. It's a mystery how these were made, because these are man-made
1: forts. Are they actual forts, defensive structures? Yeah, I mean,
0: that's what archaeologists believe. Right. Because they didn't have, like, cement or whatever. They didn't have the ability to build big castles. Yeah, of course. But somehow, nobody knows how. It's a mystery. They managed to heat up rocks enough that they melted into each other. Wow. To create forts that way. And they're called vitrified forts. And they're beautiful. So I'd highly recommend picking them up.
1: I'm going to have to see them.
0: I guess, again, I haven't actually given you any answer to what it is. But there's a lot more out there on it, on glass. Glass mountains. So ravens as well. Yes. No horse eating.
1: Do you know what? I'd forgotten all about that. It wasn't made explicit what the dwarf was feeding them. It just said put some food. So that might have been horse. We don't know. True. So there was horse. (laughs) There was horse. They did eat horse. (laughs) Space horse. Phew, that was a close shave. (laughs) I know. So, ravens,
0: right. So I was thinking, you know, what what, what are ravens all about? What are they all about? Why are they Why do you turn them into ravens? Well... I was thinking about the, the symbolism of ravens, so I looked into that a little bit before right. you, Adam, because I thought you'd be wondering. I am wondering,
1: and in the recent uh, Grim Fables, you read about the crow and the raven. We did indeed, yeah. So I'm interested to know a bit more background on ravens.
0: Well, historically, they've symbolised wisdom and knowledge mm-hmm.
1: and death
0: and foreboding and war.
1: That's maybe the, more what I associate with the raven.
0: Yeah, in fact, that is what... They are associated with these days. The whole wisdom and knowledge part has kind of disappeared. At least, you know, at least in in our culture, yeah. You only associate they're kind of spooky, creepy, weird. like
1: witchcraft exactly. and that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Ravens are all over folklore and mythology. People love mythologizing ravens. Mm-hmm. Chinese mythology has a three-legged raven that lives
1: in the sun. <laughs> don't you, Don't say that so nonchalantly. <laughs> three-legged raven that lives in the sun. Been doing this a while now.
0: (laughs) In the sun. Okay. In the sun. She went to the sun. Maybe there's a connection. Probably not. Okay, could be. Uh, Celtic war goddesses took on the shape of ravens. Oh, did they? In Norse mythology, Odin, like the top dog, he has two pet ravens. Oh, that's nice. Hugin and Munin. Okay. Which means thought and memory. Oh, I like that. They fly off in the morning travel around the world, and they come back and sit on his shoulder and whisper their findings to Tell him. Tell him what's going on. Tell him exactly
1: what's going okay. on. Okay.
0: And Odin is depicted with ravens as far back as the 6th century AD.
1: In the Bible, mm-hmm. on the Ark,
0: Yes. am
1: I wrong, or did Noah send out a dove and a raven? Yes, he did. So it's, yes. I think he sent out a raven that didn't come back. That's right. And the dove did come back with the, the leaf, with the branch and yeah. he knew that the waters were subsiding. So I'm not entirely sure what the raven symbolises there, but that's a pretty early reference.
0: Oh, yeah, very early reference, You know, even yeah. even older uh, than, yeah, exactly. than the Norse, at least. Um, but just to show you that ravens make their way into yeah. religion and myth, basically, and belief systems, and they have a lot of deep-seated symbolism, which is kind of weird, which I hadn't quite anticipated. Yeah,
1: and I guess the knowledge thing would... Explain why Ravenclaw and Harry Potter is the yeah? Is the, uh, they're the clever ones, aren't they?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Odin's raven. One of them is called Thought, and the other Memory. And ravens are famously intelligent birds. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a video of a raven doing something cool?
1: No. Can I please? <laughs> I have like a vague idea that they perform very well in sort of memory experiments and stuff.
0: Yeah, they're basically as intelligent as chimpanzees, apparently. Okay. Like, so they can work out really complicated puzzles and they can, like, create tools to get food and
1: they can point, apparently. Like, with what? I think with their wings or their beak? With their beak? That's just looking at something.
0: (laughs) No, but it's not because, like, a dog. If you point, the dog will look at your finger. It Won't look okay. where you're. It doesn't understand that concept. But a raven yeah. can understand the concept of pointing.
1: I have to see. This is a,
0: amazing. I can't show you a video of that, Adam. But ravens okay. can delay gratification. So they can, like, if you if you offer them food or you offer them like a token that they've come to understand represents other food that they prefer, they will choose the token instead of the food that they've right. been offered. Which apparently even like human children can't do that.
1: I, I don't do that, <laughs> and that's a great example of like where the mythological symbolism really holds up in reality. Mm. Like they're known for being clever and they are really clever. Like snakes are known for cunning, but they're not necessarily more cunning than other animals. Yeah. But this really this holds up. No, definitely
0: well it's things like snakes are symbols of healing, for example, but Okay. They don't go around healing stuff exactly. Ravens symbolise wisdom and they're actually as intelligent as great apes and, <laughs> yeah, and humans. So it's amazing, isn't That's it? Incredible. So, along with that, ravens are associated with dark, forebodingness uh, and war as well. Right. Um uh, the The association there is fairly obvious because they eat carrion, don't they? They eat dead things. They scavenge dead things. Right. So particularly if you think of Odin, you know, god of war, on a battlefield, you'd see ravens coming and eating all the uh, dead soldiers.
1: Lovely. Lovely, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: I stumbled ac- across a theory about the story of the seven ravens along these lines um, that might give us some further insight. Uh, would you like to hear it out? I would love to. Okay, so... There's a theory that this story, the Seven Ravens, is connected to the army subsidizing practices of the Hessian state. So, okay. <laughs> this is... Wow. There's okay. A, there's a research paper. We're going deep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We're going deep shallow. Okay. Deep shallow. <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, some research has aimed to connect the Seven Ravens to military conscription in Hesse-Cassel in the 17th, 18th centuries, because this story was collected from there. Yes. The hesse cassel uh, military at the time became something of a state business. The ruler would raise an army of local peasants, like forcibly conscript them, right. and then lease out the army to the highest bidder.
1: Like mercenaries.
0: The ruler Landgrave Charles I in the early 18th century was the first to conscript men in the region. And this practice went on for well over 100 years. So the area was basically a militarized society, which would have had massive implications for families. This is what the research paper is saying. Okay. So this would mean families would lose a lot of sons, and there was therefore uncertainty over inheritance, which led to changing inheritance practices in the region where daughters became the primary inheritors of the family wow, instead of progressive. the sons. Wow, Well, it sounds great, but in actual fact, what it meant in practice was that fathers had more control and more interest in their daughters' marriages.
1: Ooh. So, okay, that's, so actually, uh, they, kind mm,
0: of lo- they kind of lost uh, bad, some so freedom. F- yeah. So the idea that this research paper is suggesting is that this story, from the daughter's perspective, yeah. is about trying to escape this specific socio-historical context. She's trying to escape the burden of being the primary child. And she uh-huh. wants to go get her brothers back, yeah. who have been sent to war, hence ravens, right. which represent war. And also, the brothers have literally been dehumanised in the story mm-hmm. by the practices that are going on in the state, and it's represented by ravens, which represent war.
1: And the ring is the inheritance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, why not? You well, can make it yeah, up. Why not? I, no, I think that's legit. I think that's a legit. So you like, it's a pretty cool theory. What do you you I like it. But I would just add to that that, yeah, the ring is the inheritance. So it is a cool idea, but there's a
0: lot of criticism of the idea. Okay. The source of Grimm's stories are normally middle-class families, not peasants, mm-hmm. who these practices would have affected the most. Then, of course, uh, you've got the Grimm's edit and change the stories all the time. Mm-hmm. Most damningly, this type of story can be found in many other places throughout Europe, not just in the hesse Kassel region. So it's probably not strictly true. Okay. Because you see this type of story elsewhere.
1: But the fact you see this elsewhere We've talked before about the two Main sort of different Theories on how The same stories and the same story types Spring up all over the world yeah. The idea that there's a common ancestor To mm-hmm. a story and it's spread as humans have yeah. Or that there are Sort of common themes to human existence Which yeah. are, would naturally spring up Through the course of time in different cultures Anyway mm-hmm. This cannot be proof of the latter because a story about a glass mountain in space and space ravens and like an evil sun and moon and stuff is in no way universal. <laughs> no, but it wouldn't be those exact
0: things. It would be. Oh, okay, right. It'd right. be brothers turn into an animal and okay. the sister has to go rescue them beyond the edge of the world.
1: Okay, there's no space drumsticks.
0: No, it wouldn't be like you find in a deep part of like the amazon jungle a story where the moon is like i smell the flesh of men and the the stars sit on the stool (laughs) it would be a different version (laughs) right um you're right but i do think that yeah the the common belief is that it's it's a mixture of the two so you do have yeah perhaps similar stories do spring up but actually there's a lot of connection more than more than that would be first
1: obvious okay Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that's fair enough interesting interesting
0: the source of this story is the Hassempflug family. Right. In the first edition, in 1812, there were only three ravens. Ooh. And in the second edition, they added... Let's just make it seven.
1: Well, seven's the magical, <laughs> mythical number, except three's the magic number. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this story is on Thompson Uther-type oh, yes. 451, the brothers who were turned into birds. Excellent. Or so it used to be called. What? Do you remember in our special episode... On
1: Arn Thompson Uther. On Thompson Uther, yeah.
0: I said how some types were revised by Uther um, right. as they were considered outdated. This is the exact example I gave you in that episode. Was it?
1: I've forgotten. So when Uther
0: revised the system in the early... I think it was the early 2000s, he changed the brothers who were turned into birds into the maiden who rescues her brothers. Oh,
1: so the common factor isn't the... The birds,
0: then? Well, it might be, but I think the idea of changing the title is to better place the emphasis on the female character right. Rather than the males Okay Because these stories, the girl is the heroine
1: None of that makes sense
0: This is one of the few ATU types that appears multiple times in the Brothers Grimm fairy tales oh, okay So as well as the Seven Ravens, we've got two other stories coming <gasps> up in this ATU type
1: Okay, I've got spoilers here
0: uh, a little bit
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: The Six Swans, which I think a listener said is their favourite Brothers okay. story of all time. Okay. And the Twelve Brothers. <laughs> so we've got right. two more of these types of stories. But it's found all over Europe, um, including the Hans Christian Andersen story, The Wild Swans. Okay. Yeah, so it's a popular ATU type. There Excellent. You
1: go and I feel like in the old days of Grim reading, you would then read me a, a different story about some brothers who turn into <laughs> pigeons or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's now so much stuff, <laughs> and
1: we've cut those uh, extra
0: stories so many times. I love those extra stories. All right, okay. Well, maybe we'll do in the next few
1: episodes. I'll, okay, I'll, perfect. That's that's all I need it's just a, to <laughs> keep me going. It's a date. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, score, score. Then that was the Seven Ravens. Uh, what
1: score do you think
0: <laughs> you can give the Seven Ravens?
1: Right. So, what do you make of that story? I mean, it's it, it's nuts. It's nuts, Matt. I know it's nuts, Adam. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. I had to read it about ten times. <laughs> Each time going, it doesn't make any more sense the more I'm reading it. (laughs) It's not like it suddenly clicks and you're like, oh, I get it. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I like mental stories. No, I know. I I know. So I think this is going to be a high one. Seriously, okay. Yeah. All right. uh, What what else has got going for it? Because it's so. It's like it's sort of unclipped itself from the confines of regular storytelling. It's just floated off. Yeah. And because of that, and you know that, you know that, you. I've, okay, I've no idea where the story's going to go next. It's just space, like a star on a stool, chicken drumstick, glass mountain, dwarf. Like... Cut her finger <laughs> off. Yeah. And so in that respect, it was really enjoyable to hear. So it's going to be high. I know I've sort of ranked all the ones so far in season two in a very sort of series two rather in a very kind of similar Have you? place and that's kind of what's putting me off because okay I'm tempted to give an 8.5 maybe even a 9 but I, that's what I'm flirting Ooh. with but is that too high is that too high I wouldn't worry about the
0: scores you've given before because you know the next one might just be a really bad story True. or the best one you've ever heard so okay 8.5 8.5 okay That's high. So that is kind of the same as two of the others that you've given. Exactly. they are all (laughs) been the same score.
1: That's what I mean. Hey, consistently high scorers this season. Yes. We're coming out strong. Uh, What what, what do you reckon?
0: I had no idea how you were going to take it. Okay. Uh, Well,
1: how did you think I was going to react? I don't
0: know. (laughs) I I mean, I knew that we'd have problems. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Of course. When she goes to space. (laughs) But uh, I... At first, I wasn't that keen on this. Really? Yeah. Really? When I first read it, but then I got into it.
1: Yeah. It's a grower.
0: It's a grower. Yeah. And also, you know, it's pretty cool. It's got this girl going on the journey. I mean, that's cool. That journey is amazing. And that reminded me of in uh, Norwegian folktales, you know, uh, famously east of the sun, west of the moon. You have a lot of the stories where they go far and then farther than far and farther until they get to like you know, out of space again. And I, I really like that in those stories. And yeah. we haven't had that before. This is the first time someone's yeah. gone on that sort of journey. Uh, a little bit, uh, bit gothic-y, maybe. Sure. It's not a classic story of a boy who becomes a king. No. And, it, yeah, it's a, it has a different feel to the others. You know, I was thinking, I really enjoyed all the stories we've had so far this series. The Brothers Grimm have continued to surprise us, I think. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go as high as you. Okay. I think I'm going to go seven. Okay. I think maybe that's a little bit too low, but that's what I'm hearing in no? my head. You, you, if that's what you hear in your head. Seven's ringing. And it feels appropriate, maybe, as well. Seven. <laughs> maybe seven that's ravens. why I'm hearing that seven. number in my yeah. head. So seven and
1: 8.5. Lovely. Which is 15.5. 15.5. Lovely.
0: <laughs> and, yeah, speaking of the stories we've had so far, we got a few messages About the three spinners.
1: Yes. From actual spinners. Incredible, right? People listening to this podcast actually spin. That's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, so we had a couple of messages. So on Twitter from Chances Actual, catching up on at Grim Reading Pod backlog and listening to y'all talk about the three spinners is a blast because I'm usually hand spinning while I listen to your podcast did not realise just how bad a wrap it gets. That said, there's also something fundamentally magical to using a wooden stick and a simple hand motion to turn a cloud of fluff into something strong, functional and new. I'm never surprised by how spinning finds its way into so much folklore and myth. In conclusion, here's my most recent spinning in both sheep fluff and yarn form, way more fun than the stuff they're talking about in fairy tales, well except that they're spinning gold. That's probably pretty sparky.
0: I guess you see there was a picture of the spinning. Of the guess, spinning, yeah. It yes. pretty
1: cool. That's amazing. Yeah,
0: so it, it does get a bad rap. Oh, for sure. But in the stories, at least. But it's nice to hear,
1: yeah, you enjoy it. It's fun. So I hope you were, yeah, actually spinning while you listened to the three yeah, spinners. Thank That's you great. so much for that message. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we got another one on Facebook from Arian Runner Adair Nichols, who says, As a spinner of nice, soft wools, I can tell you that I have put off learning to spin flax because it seems pretty unpleasant. So, yeah, in the three spinners she's. Spin- oh, yeah. Well, I guess in, in Rumpel's still spin as well, they're all spinning flax, guess, aren't so. they? I'm happy to sit in my wheel for hours and hours with nice wool, but I don't think that three rooms full of flax would be at all inviting. I'm not so sure about the moral of this story, but I sure am happy for the protagonist. Hmm. I always use a very simple method for spinning when I demo at markets. That allows me to chat and explain while I spin. And it's the perfect thing to do while listening to audiobooks and podcasts. Aye. Winky emoji. You might not find it relaxing at first, but I always encourage people to get their hands into handicrafts. Do give it a try if you get the chance. Cheers and thanks. Thank you very much for your message. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'd love to give spinning a go. That'd be amazing. Do you amazing. think it'd be any good? I'm pretty sure I'd be rubbish. I think I'd be rubbish as yeah. well.
0: But <laughs> I, I guess in the stories we were saying that, yeah, spinning about kind of the subjugation of women and uh, sure. being being a bit down on spinning. But actually people spin and they enjoy it. Yeah. And I actually can imagine it be quite um, therapeutic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. thank you so yeah, much for those thank messages. Thank you very much for everyone's messages. That's, that's great. amazing. Well, that's uh, the last story we've got for twenty nineteen. It is indeed. Been a great year. It's been a it's been a oh, it's been a top
1: year. But it's not the last episode. No. Those of you that have been with us a while, or maybe you've joined us recently and uh, done a bit of a binge, listen through the uh, the back catalogue. May have realised that uh, this time last year we came out with an extra special Christmas episode. We call it extra special. do feel too much pressure. No, on. no, no. <laughs> I know. It's a bit more light hearted. We get into the Christmas spirit with a, yeah. a little bit of port and some yeah. mince pies, and I read yeah. Matt turning the Christmassy tables. I read him a Christmas story, so not a Brothers Grimm story, but a a Christmassy story from elsewhere in the land of fairy tales. Absolutely. We invite you to join us at our Christmas party. That's essentially what it is. It's the Grimm reading Christmas party. Join us and we'll have a merry time together. Jolly good. Jolly well, good old
0: chap. Well, I'll see you there. I'll see you at the party. See you there.
1: Can't I'll, wait. I'm going to ride back to my castle before the snow gets any... It's uh, very chilly outside. Any worse. Be careful out there. See you later. See ya. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com/slash Grimreading to find out how and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can of course email us at podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at GrimreadingPod and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at Grimreading. You can find us on Podbean podbean.com slash Grimreading and we also have a website grimreading.wordpress.com Keep it grim